Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. And so based on that, I also, as much as I'm going to be bringing this message to you, I'm also listening to the message. Prophet Darlington will be preaching, but hear me, Darlington is also listening and also taking note in terms of what God is saying this very particular season. Remember, that's been titled, Bro, Again. Let's look at our first scripture before we go to our core scripture this morning. Our core scripture is um, Judges 16, 1 to 31. But now we're going to be looking first scripture, um, Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. You are going to be patient with me. Your pastor is a preaching and a teaching pastor. And so that um, you don't say we have too many scriptures this morning, please prepare yourself. You can write down so that when you get back home, and then we're going to try as much as possible to make the podcast, the audio version available. And this is one message that I want somebody to go back again and listen to. I'll really, I'll really indulge and also compel you to do so. Psalm 34, verse 19. Look at what the Bible says. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It says, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now, when you look at this very particular scripture, you want to begin to ask yourself that, why will God say there are afflictions that are also many in the life of a righteous one? Because you would think that the moment you give your life to Christ, all of a sudden, everything that has to do with affliction must stop. But he says here, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Which means the righteous also, by this earth where you and I are currently, we are also part and parcels of the partaking of the pain and whatever that this earth is going through. And so because of that, he's showing us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, he says there, will deliver him out of them all, not out of them some. He says all of it he can deliver them. Because why? You need to understand that this earth where you and I are currently now, this earth is corrupt. This earth has devil that is currently fighting and making sure that both the believer and unbeliever do not live to the fullness of what God has called them to be. For example, the believers is for us to begin to manifest Christ. The unbelievers is for them to understand the finished work of Christ that God has done for them. And so whichever part of the true quadrant, the enemy will still fight. So which means when I hear people tell me that, no, you know, the reason why I don't want to give my life to Christ is because I don't want the enemy to attack me. Hear me, the enemy will still attack you. That guy has no loyalty to anything. He has loyalty to his own cause, which is John 10, 10. He says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his business. He didn't say that the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy just the righteous. He tells us the agenda of the devil is to steal, to kill, and to destroy everyone that he has access to. Everyone means everyone. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So which means, my dear sisters and brother this morning listening to me, it may look as if that you are going through problems that you don't even understand. And sometimes those problems, you cannot even fathom where they are coming from. But the Lord said, I should tell somebody this morning, he says, I will deliver you from them all. 
He says, tell my daughter that as long as the affliction is still there, there is a deliverance dimensions of me that guarantees their deliverance out of them all. And so therefore I declare upon somebody's life this morning, every form of affliction, every form of shame and pain that you are currently going through, I declare a deliverance from them all in the name of Jesus. I declare one more time, the voices that are fighting your manifestation, the powers that are truncating your progress, the evil forces that are questioning your integrity in God, I declare today under this service that they be destroyed in the name of Jesus. It also says in the book of John chapter 16, John 16 from verse 32 and 33, John 16, 32 and 33 says here, he said, a time is coming. This is Jesus by himself talking. He says, a time is coming, and in fact, that time is now. He says, each of you will go to your own home. He says, and you will leave me all alone. Jesus was not, he, was not, he wasn't exempted from the afflictions that every one of us will go on planet Earth. He says, look at what he says. He said, yet I am not alone. He said, for my father is with me. He says, I have told you these things. So that you have, so that in me you have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. He said, but take heart. He says, I have overcome the world. He says, in this world, when you begin to look at scripture like this, where Jesus, who happened to be the manifestation of God, making us to understand that in this world you will have trouble, my dear, then begin to come down. Instead of you throwing your toys and your tantrum, getting angry and all of sorts, begin to come down to understand that in this world you will have trouble. Whether you like it or not, for those of us who are in South Africa, whether you are born again, not born again, talk speaking, not talk speaking, you have faith, you don't have faith, all of us are going through a problem called low shedding in this country. All of us are going through. But nonetheless, it says, regardless of the low shedding, regardless of the darkness, gross darkness, the people, like he said in Isaiah chapter 3, I mean Isaiah 60 verse 3, he says, but yet I, the Lord, I will make an everlasting light for you. The darkness can be there, but hear me, there is an exemption strategy. That God can use to make sure that we all enjoy this very particular wonderful light that he has made available for us. Let me say this as we begin to go into our world. Jesus was giving us a clear example of the times that we, that we are. That those times will call whereby sometimes we can be alone. Sometimes it may look as if nobody understands you. And hear me, we all pass through that very particular process. Where it looks as if the more you are talking, even the loved ones that you feel that they're supposed to understand you, those ones still do not still understand you. Because there is a dimension in God's calendar concerning your life where you have to be alone. He says, yet I am not alone. Even though all of you go, but there is a force that is standing behind that in my place of being alone, the Father is always there with me. I pray for somebody this morning. It may look as if you are alone in the journey of your life and you don't know who is going to come through for you. Hear me? Be encouraged because Jesus is with you. Be encouraged because the Father is with you. Be encouraged because the Holy Spirit is with you. I declare that every lonely path that you are currently going through right now, the grace to finish that journey, receive that grace now in the name of Jesus. Receive the grace. He says, a father says, I have told you these things. It says that in this world, it says that so that you may have peace in me. Hear me, your peace and your tranquility in life is only going to be found in Christ Jesus. It is only will be found in Christ Jesus. And so with that being said, as we begin to look into our core scripture, because Judges chapter 16 is my anchor scripture, and how the Lord asked me to tell every one of us, grow again. 
But before we do that, I want us to look at Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans 15, verse 4. It says here, he said, for whatsoever things that were written aforetimes, he said they were written for our learning, which means everything that we see in the Bible, everything that we see, for lack of better word, you call it the Old Testament, everything, and let me just put a, a caveat here. The Old Testament is not literally the whole book of the, what you call, the old one where you call the, the, the what you call, the Malachi, the Micah, and all this. Mm -mm, the Old Testament is literally the law of Moses. So you can, the law of Moses, literally, if you look at the law of Moses, literally come out from Exodus. So I, when I hear people say, no, the, the Old Testament, we don't need the Old Testament. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on with you? The Old Testament was the law of Moses that was in the Bible. And also the New Testament was the law of Christ and its righteousness that was also in the Bible. So don't be quick for people to come and start lying to you and tell you that, no, it's an Old Testament. Those things does not matter. Relax, relax, calm down. It still matters. The Old Testament is the law of Moses that was in it. And the New Testament is the law of Christ that is in the New Testament. So hear me. The Old Testament is not literally your, what you call, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, no, the first five book of Moses. They call it the five book of Moses because Moses was the one who literally write those very particular books to give us a history of what happened and what he has done also. So it is not an Old Testament. It's just the fact that it's a testament of what Moses brought via his encounters with angels that bring in the law of Moses. I hope you understand now. So don't be confused when somebody tells you the Old Testament and you are like, ah, no, then from, Matthew to, from, it, from, Malachi, what's it called? from Genesis to Malachi is Old Testament. Hear me? You know, I said to somebody someday, I said, it is quite strange whereby when it's the blessings of the Lord that is in that Old Testament, you are quick to shout amen. But when it is the instructions of the Lord in that Old Testament, you are not quick to say it's an Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the enemy like making us to lose our blessings thou shalt be blessed it's there in your bible in the genesis he says thou shalt be he says upon thy seed he says for thy seed shall be great upon the earth genesis chapter 12 1 to 3 we all claim that scripture but when he tells us the responsibility of how to be blessed we then say it is old testament <laughs> i pray that god will open somebody's eye to begin to see the truth of god's word this season in the name of jesus it says here that all that is written, it said there are four times. If you notice, it didn't say some, it said whatsoever, which means anything you find in that Bible, they were written for our learning. Anything you find, whether it is God that, via his inspiration on the servants of God that wrote that thing, or maybe even the devil speaks. Because hear me, the, the Bible also contained the devil speaking. The devil spoke. We saw the devil appearing before God to talk about a man called Job. So the devil also speak. But he said all of it. Our fourth time for our learning, he said that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, he says we might find hope. So which means the scripture carries ability to give us patience. It also carries ability to give us comfort, understanding that there is hope in Christ Jesus. Now let's go to our core scripture this morning as we look at a man called Samson. Judges 16 from verse 1 to verse 31. It's a long read, but I'm going to give a paraphrase on this very particular place. I'm going to start literally from verse 15. So Judges 16, 15 to the end, but I'm going to give a story. We all know, for those of you, maybe this is the first time of hearing a man called Samson in the Bible. We all know the story about Samson killed, uh, what you call, Samson killed a lion and stuff. Um, but we don't understand, or Samson, that guy who has a long hair, who Delilah caught his hair. That's what, that's many of us, that's what we know. But before this, we saw a man called Samson. The Bible says Samson was a Nazarite. 
which means he was God's elect. That was a specific assignment that God has given to this very particular young man for him to be able to do at this very particular, I mean, at his time and age. The same way God has given you a specific assignment. Hear me, everyone that is born of God has a distinction, has a destiny, has a clear-cut plan and a purpose for them to fulfill in Christ. Remember, every product, every product a manufacturer produces, that product has a reason why that thing was produced. So hear me, just because you are currently on planet Earth and you are getting to quarter, what you call 49 and 49 and quarter, and you are wondering, what is my life? Hear me, still find who? Still find comfort because why? Your name has a destination and has a destiny to fulfill. Your name has it. And so we see with this man called Samson, that Samson, because he was a Nazarite, he has a destiny. He was separated from his mother's womb, for lack of a better word, for him to perform a specific assignment. Along the line, we begin to see the weaknesses of Samson. Whereby the Bible says in Judges 16 verse 1 that Samson will go into this very particular community and he will mess himself up with a prostitute there. And as he goes there, mess himself up and all of those very particular things. I feel like saying something, but the Holy Spirit here is just, is just is, let me just say it. Just because you find yourself in a mess up does not mean that God has given up on the message that he has for you. <laughs> I'll repeat it again. Just because you find yourself in a mess up does not mean that the message God has for you, he has given up on that message. Oh, I'll say it again one more time. Just because you find yourself in a mess up doesn't mean that the message that God wants you to tell or the message that God has for you or the destiny that he has marked for you, it doesn't mean that God has canceled it or probably he has changed his mind concerning that message. Do you notice that with something, regardless of all his madness, yet he was still fulfilling God's plan and agenda for his life. It was a weakness, but yet God did not look at his weakness and punish something. Samson was the one who causes his downfall, and we're going to see it very soon. And so we see with the life of Samson. Samson was a man that was messing up all the things that God has actually marked for him. He was the one truncating himself and putting himself in trouble. Just like for somebody this morning, maybe you find yourself in some sudden trouble that you know that you did. <laughs> you hear me? You have a message. The God of Samson can still make you grow again. <laughs> The God of Samson can still make you whatever you've lost for you to find them again. And so shall it be for you this morning in the name of Jesus. And so in his encounter with prostitutes, the Bible that makes us to understand that Samson find a very particular lady called Delilah. Delilah happened to be one of the prostitutes, and which means Samson actually been sleeping with a lot of prostitutes before he find Delilah. So it was not the fact that Delilah was just the only prostitute. No, 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 no. He's been messing up. But just the fact that in his mess up, God was constantly introducing a portal of mercy for him. But he was still pushing in his mess up. Now we now see in verse 15. Because what happened? Delilah happens to be one of the ladies that he likes so much. In fact, I'll use the word, he's his VIP prostitute. For lack of a better word. <laughs> he's his VIP one. The one who has access to his inner chambers. Delilah was that very particular lady. And my daughter is laughing here. <laughs> Uh, he had as a VIP prostitute. <laughs> so he was the VIP. I mean, she was the VIP prostitute. And so all of a sudden, this very particular lady now, because of the way they could see that the, like, Samson loved this lady, the men of the time, of that very particular Philistines, they were now trying to bring Samson down. And they now discovered that there is a lady that this guy liked. So they went to meet Delilah. Delilah, please find it from this guy. Find his power and let's see. Now we now see in verse 15. Because even verse 15, we see that before verse 15, Delilah has asked Samson three times about his power. Samson refused to talk. Samson keep playing games and saying, no, if you tie a rope in my head, if you put this kind of... He was just giving all manner of stuff. 
But we now see in verse 15, look at what happened. He says in verse 15, Judges 16, 15. He said, and she said unto him, he said, how canst thou, you say you love me with all your heart. He says, but thou hast mocked me these three times. He says, and has not told me where thy strength lied. Somebody mark that word in your Bible or highlight it. Where thy strength lied. He says, and it came to pass when she pressed him daily. Ah, look at the word. He pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul vexed into death. Do you see what the forces of the enemies do? He says, Delilah was the prototype of the devil's agenda to press you daily. Because he knows that if I can get your strength, I will get you out of the will of God. So for some of us, we think that losing our cars or losing our job is actually the enemy. No, no. The enemy is after your strength. That very particular cord that keeps you going in God. Ha. Let's continue verse 17. And remember the word. Mark the word, thy strength. He said, tell, tell me where your strength is. And he she keep on pestling the guy. For somebody, your boss keep on knowing you. You do the business. You come up with a business plan. Tell your boss. He just find the excuse. You try to meet your, your, your HOD. Talk to this boss. All of everything look as if, hear me. That is a strategy of the devil to locate where your strength is. Because if he can locate your strength, he can take you out of the will of God. The dev, the Delilah was pestling this guy. I know that you are a tall and handsome guy. That is not my issue. But I'm looking for your strength. I'm looking for your strength. And the Bible says in verse 17, he says that he told her all his heart. And he said unto her, he said, there had not come a razor upon my head. He said, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. He says, if I've been shaving my strength. Hear the statement again. If I've been shaving, my strength will go from me. And I shall be weak and become like one of the other men. Hear me, my beloved family, this morning. The enemy is not looking for what you think that the enemy is looking for. The enemy is looking for the core that holds your life together. The enemy is looking for the core that holds your life together. The enemy is looking for the core that holds your life together. What And this core, let me give about five different cores that the enemy is looking number one. The enemy is constantly fighting your faith. Fighting your faith. And how does he fight your faith? Number one, he fights your faith by doubt and unbelief. The man of God is preaching, but yet in your heart, this thing, this man is saying, what, are you sure this is working? That is how the enemy, the enemy will press you daily. Your faith in God. Your faith in the things of God. Your faith in the finished work of Christ. Your faith in the rested life reality. The enemy will fight your faith, number one. You must understand that one of the strengths for the believer is the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. If you understand the faith you have in Christ Jesus, you will protect that very particular God. You will be smart even 500 times. Let the enemy show up. You will still not tell them your strength. You will still not tell them. Number two, what is also a strength for the believer that the enemy will fight. And for some of you this morning, as I'm saying this, maybe that if your own fall in that place, we're going to cry for mercy this morning. Number two, your prayer life. The enemy will attack your prayer life. He will come with all manner of concupiscences. He will come with all manner of strategy to make you lose God in terms of your prayers. The ability, the Bible says in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, it says men ought always to pray. When you find yourself that you are not praying always, just be knowing that a Delilah has been pressing on your conviction of your prayer life. 
And so because of that, they are fighting you out. For some of you, your core is your prayer life. What is prayer life then? How will they fight it? By an unanswered prayer or delayed prayers. There are some of you now, just because you prayed a prayer in January and hasn't come to pass, then all of a sudden you are, you are now beginning to throw the tower. Hear me, it is part of the strategy of the devil for the enemy to target and to tie you down with your prayer life. I remember my wife was telling me something yesterday. And I think, honestly, I forgot. And, and I, I think I, I wrote somewhere in January, she said to me, um, 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 sweet, you prophesy about this very particular thing that is happening in my life currently now. And honestly, with all due respect to her, I, I literally forget. Literally. So when she got on her phone and she showed me, and when she showed me, I just looked at her and I shake my head. And guess what? At that very particular moment, there was this very particular battle that the enemy just shot around my space and trying for me to begin to shift quadrant. And all of a sudden, that word she says, quickly bring me back to the place of my prayer life to make me understand the darling thing, you've not lost it. If you can say it in January and literally in less than three months, it is already happening in the life of your wife, which means God is still close in your family. Your prayer life, the enemy will attack it. It will press on it. Number three, what will the enemy press on? Just like Delilah, it will press on the study of the word of God. The studying of the word of God. The enemy will press on that part. When you find yourself that the last time you opened your Bible was the last time that we were in church, which was last week Sunday. My dear, you have to be able to be like something and cry again and cry again. Lord, no, he will press on. If you notice, I'm not telling you you're going to press on your bank account. All those things. See, the enemy doesn't, he doesn't concern your bank account, your job. It's not his business. His business is even as your soul. Even as your soul. There is a soul dimension that the enemy is interested. Not this earthly realm stuff. No. He knows that his time is but short. And so the remaining one he has, he will press on. Imagine Delilah. He wasn't looking at Samson's bank account. He wasn't looking at Samson, the fact that he has all the shit and the buckler. He was going for thy strength. The strength. What is the core that sustained this guy? Because if I can get that, all this rasbata will be on the ground. The studying of the word of God. You are, and part of it, this is how the enemy attack you when it comes to study of the word of God. By a weariness. And a heavy heart. You just have a heavy. Your heart is just like a oh boy. We have been studying this thing for Malachi. Like when we. I think the other day somebody was telling me. Why is it that every time you guys. You know, some people just ask. Some people just ask you some certain questions. You just laugh. You just move on. You say come. Are you going to tell me that this Bible. You guys cannot understand it in just one day when you read it. <laughs> then that's when I knew that the guy was not a Christian. I just make peace. Then you are not a Christian. Because the Bible makes me to understand. It says for as we behold him. He says, we are changed from glory to glory. So, which means the last time of the behold that you are currently operating was the last time you read your Bible. That's why you have not manifested into the new beholding of what God has for you. He says, as we behold, we are changed from glory. So, the more time you spend in the word of God, the more time you are becoming like Christ. The more time you spend studying, and that's where the enemy will also come and weary, like Delilah, press on you until you give up thy strength. Press on you until you let that strength goes off. You also need to understand number four. How will the enemy attack when it comes to this? Number four, the interest of God's work in your life. The interest of God's work in your life. The interest. For some of you, you have interest in the work of God. But all of a sudden, the enemies begin to press it. You don't need to go to church. You know, forget this church thing. Those people that are lying. Ignore them, I beg you. The interest 
There are some of you, for those of you who are currently streaming, maybe you don't belong to Platform Church, or maybe in your church, all of a sudden you find yourself that you were a worker before, but now you are not. And if they ask you what made you stop working, you can't even tell. For some of you, you can't even tell. Maybe one lady or one guy annoyed you and you left. Hear me? It is not the annoyance that is the issue. It's the fact that the enemy is pressing on thy strength. Because he knows that as you serve the Lord with your talent, your gift, your whatever and stuff, your interest in the things of God, God begins to wage war against the enemy. And so he will break thy strength and allow all of that attack to come into your life. You need to understand that your interest in the work of God, part of how the enemy will attack, is the fact that he will begin to show you lack of result. The lack of result. See, I'm telling you that as I'm preaching this, I'm preaching to myself. Literally, I gave you the example of my wife yesterday. Literally, I'm telling you, even me. I sat down, I look at some certain things that is happening. God, why all these signatures that I did not sign? When I was coming into a minute, this part of the signature, you did not show me the signature. And God said to me, chill, my son. And frustrate my wife, how she just came out with that. And guess what? It was not a talk that was in the line. And God used that to show me, son, it is the enemy that is trying to press you out of my plan and my purpose. Hear me? The enemy will press your interest in the work of God. He will press it. As long as the enemy finds that that is thy strength, ha, he will press it too. <laughs> he will press it. Number five, what is it that the enemy will press? He will press your sacrifice. He will press your sacrifice. What is the sign of pressing of your sacrifices? Which means delayed manifestation. For some of you, it's a sacrifice in the terms of giving to the things of God. Some of you are sacrificing the times of giving your whole self, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. Because sometimes we think that sacrifice is just about money and all of those things. No. Presenting yourself. Lord, I will not, as far as this earth remaineth, Lord, I will always remain faithful to one woman, the wife that you have blessed me with. That's a living. When you have beautiful ladies flying everywhere, ah, it, it, it has to be a sacrifice for you to say no. It has to be a sacrifice. Or maybe for you, you are a beautiful lady, single, and you are telling yourself, my body is the temple of the Most High God. I will not compromise myself as long as it has to do with this man. I would rather go poor and broke than for me to sleep with a man, for me to be able to have a sacrifice. He will press your sacrifice. How will he press your sacrifice? When he notices that there is a delay manifestation. He can come, even us as men of God. I remember a particular man of God was sharing something to me. I don't want to mention name because this very particular university podcast is going to be available. And so he now said to me, man of God, he said, we need to pray. I said, what's happened? <laughs> he said, no, we need to. He said, a lady just came to my office. He said, God. He said, man of God, this lady, the lady looked like my speck. <laughs> he said, everything I've been imagining, I didn't know that God can create such kind of lady. He said, the lady, fine. This is what he said. He said, I believe that lady doesn't use the kind of water we use on earth to bath. That's how beautiful she is. He said, I know that her cream cannot be the one that is being sold in ShopRite or Woolworths. <laughs> At the end of it all, what was the thing? The lady came with a proposal. The proposal was so great. And yet, this guy is married. So great. What's the proposal? Man of God, if, see, still stay with your wife. But let me and you just have something. All this one, you are standing in church, praying and binding the devil, wondering where would the renter come? I will pay the renter. And yet you will still do God's work. <laughs> He's a man of God. If not because I know that my encounter with God is genuine. Say, can I be honest with you? He says, I almost considered it. <laughs> Hear me. I know you laugh. But trust me. That is the enemy. Putting pressure on his sacrifice. 
The enemy will put pressure on your sacrifice. Your conviction of your faith that one woman so shall it be for me. And yet he will bring some beautiful Delilahs. And they will come with all the merchants and all the merchandise of the east. And the wealth from the south. And the businesses from the sea presented before you. What will you do? I remember a young man when we was there. There was a church I was there that time. I was still working in that very particular church. And this young man, he was saying to me, he said, man of God, he says, that time I wasn't married. He said, say, you will not understand what we go through until you get married. I said, ah, my friend, calm down. What do you mean? <laughs> when I got married, I understand. <laughs> and he said to me, he was looking for a particular business deal for him to get and stuff. The business was not coming from. He was working in a bank called Absa Bank. And all of a sudden, because the guy listening to also, he listened to Platform Church Podcast. He's not in Joburg. So because I don't want to mention his name, but he knows the story. And when he called me, we were now talking. <laughs> He said, man of God, he said, I mean, Darlington, because that time I was in the pastor. See, Darlington says, say, I call you out from that church because I just want us to talk. Say, hear me. Say, you see all this one, because I think they, he was arguing with the pastor concerning giving and tithe and offering and all those things. So all of that, I said something that made him took interest in me. Then he now called me. He said, see, this pastor, sometimes I don't know the sacrifices we do behind the scene. I said, what is that? Then that's how he opened up. He said, man of God, I've been in my bank. I created a particular software for the bank to be able to have an advantage over every other banks and stuff. He said, guess what? All they just do was just give me 7,500 rand increased salary that month. And yet they are making millions of rand every month concerning that very particular software. He says, now, I'm looking for 20 million rand for me to be able to do a particular security thing that I need to be able to spread across the bank so that I can then be able to start my business. He said, I pray, I fasted, I did everything. He said, as if that was not even coming. He said, no, he said, guess how the thing came. Hey, when he said guess, I say, I don't like this place this man is going. If I know what's going on, he opened up his mouth. He said, see, all of a sudden I was there managing. This lady came to the bank, beautiful woman. She's just divorced. The wealth from her husband came to her. Literally, her account is sitting at about 320 million rand. And the, man, the woman came into the bank and she said, she said, I was looking at the account. I was looking at this woman. The woman and the money in the account, they don't look alike. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, how did this, like, you guys don't look alike. For you to see how the enemy will put pressure. He says, while he was talking, said the woman just, as he was holding his mouth, trying to press something, the woman just stretched forth her hand, just touched the guy on his hand. He said, hey, he said, I felt a breeze. He said, the breeze I felt, I felt that breeze because I was looking at the 320 million rand in this woman's bank account. And this is what the woman said. He said, see, you're a young man. I don't know what you're doing in this bank. But hear me. This is my number. Call me. While they were talking, he now unveiled to the woman that he's looking for 20 million rand. And the woman was like, yeah, but you can get in less than five minutes if you really want. This is my mind. Five minutes. How? He said, his mind did not connect. Ah, okay. Took the card. Went to meet the woman at um, where the woman said they should meet, which is literally a hotel. Guess what? The woman did not withdraw the 50 million from the branch where she came. The woman went to withdraw the 50 million from somewhere. That's a CC. Come there. These people who say there is no money in South Africa, there is money. 50 million cash. So the woman withdraw the money, put it in, and the woman, she, she, she got to the hotel, asked the reception, they told her the room is hit. But the moment they say room, he said he knows something is about to happen. When he got to that very particular room, he said the moment he opened the door, the first thing he saw was the stack of money. And the woman, on top of that, the woman wrote 20 million. I mean, 50 million, five minutes with you and I. And that is yours. Hmm. Yeah, just think about it. You are looking for five million, you are looking for 20 million, but I say 50 million. The, the child that time, according to as this young man said to me, the child was about to be chased out of the house. The wife was about to divorce him because obviously all hell has broken loose. He did a business that he lost, that the wife was not able to be patient enough to stay with him. And so there was all manner of threat that was on his life. 
And now you are sitting in front of a five million, I mean, 15 million rand for a five minute compromise. And the woman is literally on the bed there with her PJs. What do you do? Hmm. Yeah, I like my daughter's side. <laughs> hey, I know it's a woman, but you can flip it to be a man also. What do you do? 50 million. Child out of school. All of this. To cut a long story short, he compromised. Yeah. He said that is the pain because from that moment in now, he contacted a particular disease that up to now, for strange reason, he cannot find a way of the source to cure that very particular sickness. For just the five minutes of a 50 million rand at the expense of his children and his wife. Sacrifice. When the delaying manifestation shows up, can you still stand and hold your guard and say, it's not me. You are the one who just think that it's just five minutes of pleasure. You have no clue what the enemy will take out from you. You are the one who just think that after all, nobody is here. The door is closed. When he said that to me, he said, darling, you are the only second person I've said this to, not even my wife. Say, but hear me. I'm staying with this. He showed me the mark there where he takes injection every three, three hours from that time till now. He said, the doctor told him, we don't know where the sickness comes from. You have to find a way. In my mind, I'm like, this is a demonic attack that has come to you from just a five minutes of pleasure. Hear me. Not every sex is legalized for you. Sex is a good thing, but in the context of marriage. But when it's outside of that, my dear, you are signing up yourself on a particular platform that only God can be able to bail you up. And now what makes a guy worse is the fact that instead of him staying in church, he left church. He left. And the enemy now have a gain access. Remember, show me thy strength. Delilah still understand that if I can get your strength, I will get you out of the will of God. If I can get your strength, I will get you out of the will of God. If I can get your faith from the standpoint of doubt and unbelief, I will close your light and you will not shine like Christ. If I can handle your prayer life, you will not be able to wage war again concerning me. If I can delay you in studying the word of God, you will not be able to manifest the God on your inside. And if I can take your interest in the things of God, the ability for you to be able to build fortification, purify your life and everything concerning your finance, I can be able to get, show me thy strength. Ah! Before we continue, I just want you to lay hand on your head. Father, every hand goes that the devil is using to fight me. Negotiating my strength out of my life. Lord, by your mercy, restore me. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, by your mercy. Lord, I understand that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God, you say you would deliver. The enemy is attacking my faith. He's attacking my prayer life. He's attacking my study of the word of God. He's attacking the interest of your things. And he's attacking the sacrifice I've put on the table. Lord, empower me. Lord, show me mercy. Somebody cried this morning. Your destiny is tied to this. Lord, show me mercy. Lord, show me mercy. Lord, show me mercy. For somebody, Lord, I have moved away from my strength. I come back to my strength. I come back to my faith life in Christ. I come back to my prayer life. I come back to the studying of the word of God. I come back to being interested 
interested in the things of God. And I come back to place my body, to place my life, to place my resources on the platform of sacrifice. Father Lord mercy. Agrinato mercy. Arreketo mercy. Lord, we've come this morning, we cried. Father, show us mercy again. Mercy concerning the mistake we've made. Mercy concerning the errors we've taken. The parts that we have gone, just like something went away. And yet he invoked an altar of Delilah. Lord, have mercy upon us. And let us see your growth again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Verse 18, and that's the scripture. We're going to somewhere this morning. If I can't finish, we'll finish next week. Don't worry, it's okay. Verse 18 of the scripture, the Bible says, it says, when Delilah saw. Ah! Now, you know, when, when you hear this very particular thing, you, you, you almost wanted to. When Delilah saw, mark the word, when Delilah saw, guess what? Hey. The Holy Spirit was saying to me this morning, by the time I was, I was, I was meditating on this scripture, it was the hearing, that the voice that was coming from Samson to her ears, but she was seeing the strength of Samson. It was just a voice that was, he said, it, it, the Bible would have said, when Delilah heard, he said, no, Delilah saw that is a level of the dimensions of the plan of the wicked. If they can see, they can kill. When Delilah saw, guess what? Samson was talking, Delilah was seeing. Samson was just talking. No, my strength is Yanko. Because why? That is a superior dimension. And that is exactly the same thing that happens with us, with this Bible, or with the word of God. You are reading the canons of the scriptures, and you are reading the person of Christ. But yet, it's a word, but until you get to the dimensions of the scene, the manifestation cannot be in view. Until you get to the dimensions of sin. What does this say concerning me? What is my part to play? And until you get to that point, the enemy can still beat you down. Many of us are reading the Bible. Few of us are seeing the Bible. Many of us are reading the scripture. Few of us are seeing what the scriptures are saying. It says when Delilah saw, he said that he told her all his heart for the first time. The witness has been put on the table. He says, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up this once, for he showed me all his heart. He says, and the lord of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money into her chamber. 19. He says, and when she made him to sleep on her knees, be careful where you lie. <laughs> ah, sometimes not every place that you lie is a good place. I know it may look as if that very particular place is soft and is palatable, but hear me? The second half of this year, second quarter, we are going to be careful where you lie. Because the Lord is going to open. In fact, as a matter of fact, the next month, next month that we are going into, it's going to be our month of announcement. Hear me? God is going to announce you strangely. But be careful where you lie. Be careful where you lie. I've just given you the next month. What is our motto for next month? It's our month of announcement. Oh, yes. It's going to be a good month. Oh, somebody declared it's going to be my month of announcement. <laughs> 
Somebody declare in just one minute, just speak, Lord, that the month of April, if I start from today, it's my month of announcement. Huh? Lord, this week as I'm going, it's my month of announcement. Huh? I'm being announced in my marketplace. Huh? I've been announced in my business. I've been announced in my career. Somebody speak in just one minute. Claim that word. It's my month of announcement. Huh? I'm being announced. Huh? In this job, I do announcement is coming for me. Huh? Oh, yes, David, I know that, yes, you are in the wilderness. Huh? You are about to be announced before your very brother. Oh, yes, Joseph, I know that you are in the prison, but you are about to be announced before Pharaoh. Oh, yes, David. Oh, yes, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. You are about to be announced before Nebuchadnezzar. Somebody declare, it's my month of announcement. Lord, I invoke the remaining four days into April. It's my month of announcement. Thank you, Father. Now, look at what it says in verse 19. Ah, my time is running, Father. I see somebody's chasing it. It says here, it says in verse 19, it says, and she made him to sleep on her nails. It says, and she called for a man and caused him to shave off his, <clears throat> his seven locks of his head. And he began to afflict him and his strength went from him. Look at what she says here. It says the hair was caught because a lot of people think that it was just the hair that was caught. It was not the hair. It was the fact that there was an affliction. Which means Dian, what's called Delilah. Delilah was one of the priests of the goddess of that very particular community. And so there was a process that was introduced into the life of Samson. That made Samson to, for his strength to go. The hair was caught but there was a dimension of where she began to afflict him. The ability for her to be talking from the standpoint of a demonic altar. Oh you Samson. From this hair I am cutting right now. Because if you notice, check all of the other parts. There was no part she afflicted. There was no part. So the mystery behind Samson's witness was not the fact that the hair was caught. was the fact that there was an affliction that was sent into Samson's life. Many of us think that it was just the hair. No. Because if not so, where do you think that the hair... Remember, on that very particular point of that, Samson was doing all manner of stuff, but he had nothing happened. It was the affliction that was on Samson. That guarantees that very particular thing. The affliction. He says, and she began to afflict him. He says, and his strength. So which means this lady, hear me. This lady afflicted something to the point that when the strength left, she knew. <laughs> when the strength left, she knew. And look at what he now says. 20. And she said, the Philistines upon thee. And he woke up from his sleep and went to go out like other times. And he shaked himself. And here wait. That the Lord had departed from him. Say, but the Philistine took him and put his eyes and plugged out his eyes and brought him before Gaza and bound him with the fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. How be it? Somebody say, how be it? <laughs> he said, the hair of Samson began to grow again <laughs> after he was shaving her. How be it the hair of Samson? I don't know who you are this morning, but I'm prophesying to somebody under the sound of my voice. It may be your fault that you have lost a lot of things. It may be your fault that the affliction that you are currently experiencing was based on some attack that comes into your life and your participation with the devil. But hear me, the Lord sent me to talk to you this morning that your hair will grow again. 
that place that they have cut you out, the Lord asked me to tell you that you shall grow again. It may look as if that your weaknesses has brought you thus far. The Lord asked me to tell you that in that weakness, your hair will grow again. It may look as if because of your prayerlessness and the place where your faith has left you, the Lord sent me to tell you this morning that your hair will grow again. Somebody lay hand on your head and begin to speak my hair. You shall grow again. I don't know what that would mean. It may be your business, my hair. You shall grow again. My finances, you shall grow again. My career, you shall grow again. Platform church, you shall grow again. In the place of my witnesses and all of the shortfalls, I shall grow again. Somebody prophesy to your life and your destiny. Lord, every affliction, every conspiracy, every sabotage, every failure as a result of my own participation, Lord, by your mercy, my hair grow again, my hair grow again, my hair grow again. I could feel somebody is praying from your spirit. Lord, my hair grow again. I have lost ground. My hair grow again. I have lost opportunities. My hair grow again. I have lost visibility. My hair grow again. I have lost relevance. My hair grow again. Somebody prayed this morning. Hakronaz hina manasiata. Havina klanos eveneninos ina kapaleoni hina tosia. Hazimeneko mina kanana no sina. Ikranosa peta likwata. Lekwane menekunete likukos kapa. Linos epila tosha. My head grow again. Haroshata. In just 10 seconds, I don't know what you want that to grow. Begin to look at the thing and begin to prophesy, you grow again. In just 10 seconds, look at that area that you have suffered wilderness. I declare you grow again. 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 In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. Ah, I declare one more time. Upon everyone that have suffered where your hair has been shaved. And all of a sudden the enemies are mocking you. By the power of God upon my life and the grace that sponsored this commission. I speak to you right now. Your hair shall grow again. I speak to you today. Your hair grow again. Every place that you have lost ground. I declare supernatural restoration. In the name of Jesus. And the Bible now says. Ah. Karosh Apata. Verse 23, it says, Then the Lord of the Philistines gathered themselves. They had no clue, hear me. They had no clue that something here is about to grow. Something here is growing again. Just like for somebody this morning, they have no clue that you are praying this morning and your hair is about to grow. They will see you at the office tomorrow and they have no clue that some certain level of strength has been fired into your life. They have no clue that this morning, regardless of how painful it is, you still choose to be at the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, and these people were rejoicing. They gathered themselves to offer great sacrifice unto their God. I'm reading verse 23. Unto their dagons. He says, and to rejoice. And they says, our Lord has delivered something, our enemy, into our hand. <laughs> oh, yes. Guess what? Remember, they had no clue that the hair has just grown again. He says in verse 24. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy. He says, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. 
which slew many of us. The first. You see, when I talk about the issue of sacrifice, look at what happened in 23. The Lord Spirit not me. He says, He says, and the Philistines, ah, is this thing called sacrifice? The Philistines offered to their gods great sacrifice. Sacri the Philistines understand the pattern of sacrifice. Your human sacrifice. Your sacrifice. Let me tell you all that five points I mentioned. Your faith, your prayer, your word, your, your, your word based with God, your interest in God, and your, all of that five things I mentioned, they are all on the platform of sacrifice. Because it will take sacrifice for you to wake up in the morning and you're not in a hurry to rush out. Father, I'm here again. I understand that Delilah's are out there. The moment I step out of this door, they are waiting to press and not just press and also to afflict me until my strength is taken away from me. They offer a great sacrifice. Sacrifice is not just a portal for us as believers. Even non-believers know the value of sacrifice. You can carry something in your hand and turn it to a portal and cry, Lord, enough is enough. I close the door with this very particular sacrifice. They, guess what? They were offering sacrifice for the fact that something has been delivered into their hand. And they had no clue that on that sacrifice they are doing, something in the place of his weakness and the place of his tiredness, something was looking and yet, guess what? He does not even know how to pray. He could not even study the word of God. He had no ability for him to fast. None of that, but in the weakness of something, his hair grew again. He heard me this morning, I came to prophesy to somebody this morning that regardless of how low you think that your life is this morning, I declare upon your life that your hair shall grow again. I speak over your destiny that no matter how weak you think that you are, something was even more weaker. He was grinding grains in the prison, but his hair grew. I declare upon you this morning that your hair shall grow in the name of Jesus. Hear me, Jesus is not afraid of your weakness. In the place of your weakness, he can still make a champion out of your life. In the place of your failure, he can still produce something wonderful out of your life. In the place of your discomfort, he can still make you available for the place of strength and possibility. Samson was in that very particular place. We were not told that Samson prayed. We were not told that Samson fast. But yet, his hair grew again. And the Bible now says in verse 25. Let's jump, let's jump, let's jump. Uh, uh, verse, 20, verse 25. Uh, and it says, and it came to pass when their heart was merry. And they say, call for Samson's. <laughs> oh, yes, they're about to announce somebody this morning. <laughs> they say, call for Samson, or call for Dalantin, or call for Kanisa, or call for Sibongile. You have no clue that I've prayed a prayer, and there is a strength dimension that is about to enter into me. But hear me, I'm not going to die with you, Philistines. I'm going to stand strong. Look at what it says. He said, and they make him for his sport. He said, and they call Samson out of the prison's house, and they made him sport, and they set him between the two pillars. And Samson said, <laughs> you see something about the strength. The two pillars were literally the strength of that building. The two pillar was the strength of that very particular building. Be careful as you go this many, the remaining, I think it's nine months left, nine, yeah. The remaining nine months, be careful to protect and guard your strength. He now says, and Samson said unto the Lord that lead him by hand, suffer me that I may feel the pillar whereupon this house standeth that I may lean on them. <laughs> Samson has learned his lesson that on the platform of locating strength, you can bring down anything. On the platform of locating strength, some of you, if you can find the strength of your Christian work, you can build anything out of it. He located the strength of that building. 
The same way Delilah located the strength and bring something down. You can locate the strength. For some of you, literally, let me say this. With, with humility and because of the grace of God at work in your life. Remember, we preach from the finished work of Christ. If your only your strength is prayer life, guard that one with everything that you have. Guard it. If your strength is studying the word of God, guard it. Guard it. If your strength is sacrifice, guard it with everything that you have. The Bible says, and something. Now the house was full of men, 27. And all the lords of the Philistines were there. And they went upon the roof. There were about 3,000 men and women that were there to see something. The Bible says, verse 28, <laughs> just the same way somebody has called upon the name of the Lord, said, and Samson called upon the name of the Lord for the very first time. And Samson said, oh God, remember me. Huh? Oh God, remember me. He says, I prayed him, strengthen me. I prayed him, only this once that, oh God, that I may avenge of the Philistines for my eyes. Oh God, remember me. I want you to note something. Now that his hair is beginning to grow again, something understand that the totality of my life was literally not my hair. It was actually God that was the one that was helping me. Something thought that he was his hair. He had no clue that it was God that was sponsoring. Because guess what? I'm going to give you some certain things here. One of the things that helped something, something could discern. At this moment, it has nothing to do with my hair. Because now my hair has been cut off. My grew again is the fact that God has given me a new dimension to understand that if your mindset can go out of the limitations of your hair, you can be able to bring the... <laughs> Something thought that it was his hair, but God was saying to him, no, it's not your hair. If you can grow again to understand, and for the first time in the canon of Samson's story, we get to find out that Samson prayed because now he understood that my strength was not my hair. My strength was from the Lord. My strength was not my skills. My strength is from the Lord. My giftings and all of this is just an addition. But my strength is from the Lord. He says, and something call on the name of the Lord. And says, oh Lord, remember me. He says, and pray. Because guess what? Because his hair was growing again, something would have thought that his strength is back. But he was able to discern at that moment. That it is not this. And now I know. I can't be this stupid again. I can't be this foolish anymore. Because I understand that my hair may be growing. But that's not where my strength lies. My strength lies in the fullness of what Christ has accomplished for me. My strength lies in the fullness of what God has done for me. My strength lies in the fullness of the rested life has become in my reality. And it says, oh God, remember me today. Somebody open your mouth in one minute and begin to say, oh Lord, remember me. I know that I thought that it is my skill. I thought it's my business. I thought it's my gifting. I thought it's my skills of prophecy and anointing. But Lord, now I know that it is you, oh Lord. Oh Lord, remember me. Somebody declare that in 30 seconds. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, remember. I apologize for thinking that it is my anointing. I apologize for thinking that it is my gift. I apologize. 
Lord, I apologize. I know that my hair is growing again. I know that you are building platform church. But Lord, let it not be by my skills. Let it not be by my intellect. Let it be by the strength of God upon my life. Let it be by the message of God upon my life. Let it be by the grace of God upon my life. Let it be by the possibilities of God. Let it not be by my strength. Let it not be by my skills. Let it not be by my heart. Something understand and it says, Oh Lord, by your mercy, cause a great remembrance and strengthen me where I'm weak. Cause a great remembrance and strengthen my part, strengthen my going out, strengthen my understanding. Let me discern properly that my gift does not make me stronger. My gift is what God uses to make me strong. My gift is not it. My gift can be gone tomorrow, but my strength is in the Lord. My business can collapse tomorrow, but my strength is in the Lord. My business and my career may go tomorrow, but my identity is of the Lord. Lord, I receive of your grace. I receive of your fullness. Somebody pray that prayer this morning. I receive of your fullness. I receive of your totality. I receive of your rest. I receive of your power. Oh Lord, remember me. Remember me and strengthen me. Now I understand that it is not my hair. I thought that it was my hair, but my hair has not grown to the point that my strength can be full. But with my short hair, strengthen me. With my weakness, strengthen me. With my fears, strengthen me. With my doubt, strengthen me. With my unbelief, strengthen me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. <laughs> I believe I could feel the power of God this morning. I don't know there's an anointing to pray in the house this morning. Anointing to pray. An anointing to pray. Anointing to pray. I say the Lord restoring for somebody this morning. In just 30 seconds, Lord, remember me. <laughs> somebody declare. The Lord said, open your mouth and say, and I will fill it with water. Oh, yes, in 30 seconds, oh, Lord, remember me. Oh, Lord, strengthen me. Oh, Lord, remember me. I know that I've gone astray, but strengthen me. I know that it looks as if all odds are against me, but remember me. I know that the people are refusing to open doors for me, but Lord, remember me. Let there be an announcement for me. Let my name be mentioned. It is not because of my gift, but it's because of the announcement of God upon my life. It is not because of my talent, but it's because God has announced me this season. It is not because of my knowledge, it's because of the announcement of God upon my life. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, remember me. In this week, in this month that we are going into, oh Lord, remember me. Ratosha I see new pregnancies. I see new growth. I see new possibilities. I see new dimensions. I see new promotion. I see new assets. Oh Lord, remember me. I see new advancement. I see new elevation. For somebody, they are creating a department for you. For somebody, they are opening a new position for you. For somebody, God is creating a new path. He's making the ways in the wilderness. 
and is creating rivers in the desert. He's making the ways in the wilderness and is creating rivers in the desert. They look as if they closed the door against you, but God is opening another new door. Oh, they thought that they closed the door, but God is opening a new door. They thought that they will keep you at one spot. You've been there for too long as a receptionist. You've been there for too long as a cleaner. You've been there for too long as a managing director. It is time to move forward. It is time for a new announcement. It is time for a new level. It is time for a new association. It is time for a new gathering. Your name is about to be mentioned for greatness. You are about to leave Zeba and you are coming to to dine with David at the mountaintop. You are about to leave the wilderness and you are about to become a king. You are about to leave the place of obscurity and you are about to climb to the place of prominence and security. Oh, oh Lord, remember me. Samson scream and say, oh Lord, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. As somebody is declaring that I'm seeing the Lord sending his angels to fight against every principalist and power. The Lord is sending his angels to fight against every powers of darkness. Oh Lord, remember me. Daniel prayed until Angel Michael showed up. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, remember me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The Bible says in verse 29, it says, And Samson took hold of the two pillars which was upon the house. It says, which was born of up. It says, and of one of which with his right hand and one with his left hand. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And he fell, I mean, and the house fell upon the lords and all of the people that were with him. He says, so the death which he slew at the death was much more than the one he slew in his lifetime. Guess what? Samson prayed and the Lord remembered him. Samson prayed and the Lord changed some things in his life. But hear me. He died with what he was supposed to triumph over. Guess what? At this very particular thing here, God did not want Samson to die with the Philistine. But he said to God, Lord, let me die with this. It was his confession that becomes his reality. It has nothing to do with God's agenda for his life. There are many of us currently, our words are shaping our reality. And yet we are blaming the father. For what we are currently experiencing. If I ask you when last did you speak life to your business? When last did you speak life to your health? Is when things are going wrong in your life. What do you then say? Ah, I'm finished. No, nothing good can come out of our life anymore. Hear me? There is still a cruise of oil in your life. Do not waste it with your mouth. There is still. Something said here. He said, let me die with the Philistine. <laughs> let me die with the Philistine. God from his infinite mercy would have built something out of that very particular place. Even when he was blind. And yet God can still restore the sight of something. He is the miracle working God. But something limited himself. Guess what? By the pain he has gone through. 
There are many of us who have limited ourselves based on the pain, based on the betrayers and the bitterness that we carry on our inside. And out of that experience, before we blame Samson, let's be quick for us to understand the emotional pain that Samson went through. This was a guy that was a giant in this community. Everybody feared a whole nation called Philistine. They honored the God upon that guy's life. But when circumstances beat you, Kai, it would take mercy for you to find yourself again and to think like God again. You are going to pray this morning. Lord, let me not die with the Philistines. Let me not die with the thing that I'm supposed to triumph over. Hear me? You are not supposed to die poor. Because why? The Bible says through his poverty that we might become rich. You are not supposed to die in the sickness. It says he took your infirmity. You are not supposed to die unfruitful because he says be fruitful. You are not supposed to die limited because he says multiply and replenish the earth. Something said, let me die with the Philistines. I want somebody this morning the sound of my voice. You are going to open your mouth. You are going to cry. Lord, every forces of darkness arranging themselves that as my hair is growing again, but yet they want me to die with the Philistines. Lord, I come against it this morning by the power of God at work in my life. The name of Jesus that makes every other name power. Lord, anything, anywhere compelling me to die with the Philistines, comparing me to die poor, die broke, die single, die barren. Lord, I command them this morning, let them be destroyed. Somebody open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, I declare this morning, by the mercy of God, I will not die with the Philistines. I will not die poor. I will not die broke. I will not die begging and borrowing. Lord, I will not die as a sickler. Lord, I will not die single. My children will have a good home. My children will live a good life. Lord, I refuse. I lay hold on my promises. I lay hold on my covenant. I lay hold on the possibilities of God that has in Christ Jesus for my sake. I lay hold of them. Let somebody pray this morning. Lord, let me not die with the Philistines. It is not my watchword. It is not my portion. I come against it. I refuse to die with the Philistines. I refuse to die as a failure. I refuse to die with things that I'm supposed to triumph over. I'm supposed to triumph over poverty. I'm supposed to triumph over sickness. I'm supposed to triumph over want. I refuse to die. I refuse to die. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God's people say, Amen. Let's look at the example of men who grow again. Remember that Samson, at a particular point, he thought that it was over, but he grew again. Hear me? I don't care how many times that you fail, but you are going to grow again. <laughs> I don't care how many times that they have written you off, but you are going to show up again. I don't care how many times that they refuse to announce you. I declare that this season you will be announced again. 
I don't care how many times that they say nothing good can come out of your life. Hear me. I stand as your prophet. I declare that you are going to see the light of God and you are going to triumph in the name of Jesus. Number one example of men who grew again. One of them is called Gideon. Judges chapter 6 from verse 12 to verse 14. Gideon was one of them. The Bible says Gideon, all of a sudden was imbued inside of him. He was a man that has the possibility for him to deliver a whole country. But yet Gideon was hiding from the Midianites who were trying to oppress him. And guess what happened? Judges chapter 12, I mean Judges 6, 12 to 14. Let's look at it. I'm reading from the NIV. He says, and the Lord appeared to Gideon. The same way the Lord is appearing to somebody this morning. <laughs> and the Lord appeared to Gideon. And the Lord appeared to Sibongile. And the Lord appeared to Kanisa. And the Lord appeared to Darlington. And the Lord appeared to you. And he says, this is what the Lord says. Mighty warrior. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this befallen us? What, where are all the wonders that our ancestors have told us and what they say? He said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into a land of the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned, he said, look at it, the Bible says, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in this thy strength and you shall save Israel from the Midian hand. He says, I am sending you. I am sending you. Which means at this very particular point, Gideon was at a place of obscurity. But when that word came into the life of Gideon, the Bible says, and Gideon grew again to the understanding that I may be hiding from the Midianite. But there is a voice that has entered into me. Point number one here on this place here. What is part of the factor that determines your growth? The voice of the Lord. The voice. The Bible says, and the Lord said to Gideon, I am sending you. The question that I need to ask you, have you curtailed the voice of the Lord concerning the matters of that very particular problem that you're going through? I, Gideon, am the one sending you. Number one, the ability to understand the voice clearly. And that is why you are part for you to listen to the word of God and for you to study the word. Guarantees your ears sharpened when it comes to decoding the lexicons of God. Your ears has to be sharpened to decode it. I will never forget on Tuesday, one thing that happened to me on Tuesday. I was at the mountain praying and all of a sudden, a SMS came to my phone around 12 o'clock. I really don't know what the SMS is. I didn't see the SMS literally. I think I finished my prayer somewhere around 4.30 or so. And by the time I came down from the mountain and I carried the phone, and all of a sudden I just saw the SMS. The SMS was supposed to break me down. But all of a sudden, because I've been able to listen tirelessly. That's why for me, I, I preach what I go through. I don't preach my encounter. I preach how I manage to come out of stuff using the same Bible that you and I are reading. When I noticed that that very particular SMS, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was able to peruse on my inside and brought out a scripture and they said to me, Darlington, because of all that has happened, dig again. Ah! When I hear that message, it, made me, it gave me peace. But literally, imagine praying fire prayer on the mountain and come down, you see a demonic SMS. And all God will say to you, dig again. <laughs> Guess what? If I did not have the word of God on my inside, I would have come down from that place depressed and confused not even knowing what to do. And when that happened, I came back, I showed my wife, this is what happened, this is what happened. Sharp! Pray for God to give you good partners. It's like, babe, let's dig again. She said what God said to me at the mountain without not knowing. <laughs> let's dig again. Why? The word of God. 
That is why the enemy will press you. He will send Delilah to remove you from your encounter with the word of God. So and the Lord sent him. I am counting on the possibility that I have placed on your inside. And that's why God sent him. See, hear me. There are some certain words of prophecy that God has said concerning your life. All God is asking, grow again. He's telling you, I know that you have stayed in this place. I saw your weakness, but yet I override it. Oh, you Moses, I know you can't talk properly. I know you don't need to tell me that you can't speak. I saw it, but I know that you can deliver the children out of Israel. Grow to that reality and begin to manifest God. Oh, you Hannah, I know that, yes, they've said to you that you cannot carry it. But as the word of God came from the mouth of the prophet, the Bible says her countenance was no more sad. She grew into the reality of becoming a mother of many nations that gave birth to Samson. I mean, that gave birth to Samuel. She grew again. Somebody this morning is out of my voice. I declare that as the word of God is coming out of my mouth this morning, every place that the enemy has lied to you, I release strength into your spirit and I declare grow again in the name of Jesus. God is counting on you. Somebody put hand on your chest and say God is counting on me. God is counting on me. God is counting on me. My partnership with God is for the benefit of his kingdom. God is counting on you. Number two, example of men who grew again. One of them is called Moses. Moses. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 17. A very long read, but I'm going to paraphrase the scripture. You can write it down. The Bible says, and Moses, all of a sudden, you know the story. Moses was in the land of Egypt, and all of a sudden, he committed the crime of he killed somebody, and he ran away. And he found himself in Jethro, where he's, what's called, his in-law's house. And he was now tending sheep. Now, guess what? Moses has gotten to the place whereby Moses was living a life whereby he thought that the plan of God concerning his life is, no more, is nowhere to be found. Hear me. Reg that's why I say, regardless of your weakness, the message of God can still override stuff. Regardless of your weakness, regardless of your mess up, regardless of all that you do, I came here to tell you the undiluted word of God. God can still route possibility with that weakness. He can still route it. The Bible says that Moses was in his father's in-law's house. One of the day, he was busy tending his father's sheep, his father's in-law's sheep. And it says, and the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire. And all of a sudden, and the Bible says that Moses saw it. And the Bible says that Moses went to, to, to inquire, what is it? You know the long story, but verse 7, because that's where I'm going, verse 7. The Bible says, um, Exodus 3, 7, I'm reading 7. It says, the Lord said unto him, I have indeed seen the mystery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their crying. Because of their slave driver, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I am come down to rescue them from the land of Egypt and to bring them up out of the land into the good and the spacious land. Somebody say good and spacious. <laughs> oh yes, God is taking somebody to a good and a spacious land. I know that you are staying in the two bedroom, one bedroom, or probably wherever, but God is taking you into more lands. God is giving you more access. He says, and the land flow with milk and honey. He says, a home of the Canaanite, Hittonite, Amorites, Parasite, Havisite, and all the Sisites. This is a lot of sites here. Man! <laughs> In verse 9, the Bible says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached unto me, and I have heard the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. He says, so go now. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring the people out of Egypt. I am sending you to Pharaoh. If you read it from that very particular verse 9 down to verse 15, Moses started complaining. Unnecessary complaint that was not needed. But guess what? When the voice of the Lord entered into Moses' head, 
all of a sudden Moses grow to the, a guy who all he knows was to assemble sheep. But for the first time, verse 16, let's look at it. Because sometimes we like reading Bible without looking at into a detail. Moses is used to gathering sheep. But when the word of the Lord entered into Moses, Moses grew again and he understood how to gather elders. Look at verse 16. The Bible says, Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say unto them, The Lord thy God, thy father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared unto thee. He says, I have watched over you and I have seen what has gone out of Egypt. He said, I have promised to bring you up of the misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanite and all the Yezite that is here and into the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear me? Regardless of the weaknesses of Moses, God did not consult it. Stop consulting your weakness for God's plan concerning your life. Hear me? Stop consulting your weaknesses. Stop consulting your shortfalls. Stop consulting your own paths. Stop consulting how, Lord, but I'm not skillful here. God does He knows you are not skillful. Oh, yes, I'm not saying that the skills is not important. But he knew that at that moment you are not skillful. He says, grow again. The Bible says with Moses, a guy who was busy in Jethro's house, told that he has lost the mandate of delivering his children from the land of Egypt. And God did not even look at his mess up or his error. God did not even say, but you killed. And God still said to Moses, go again. <laughs> go back. A guy who knows how to arrange sheep for the first time. He didn't gather just boys. He gathered elders. The power of God can, can move you in such a dimension that where people thought you don't qualify, they find you there hanging around. He can move you to that place. The problem with us is the fact that we have so much commonized this power of God to the point that we put it on social media and you get worried why people are mocking your Jesus. Because why? You yourself don't even know what you are doing. The Bible says, and he went and gathered the elders. A guy who know how to gather sheep for the first time, he gathered elders. Why? He grew again. Point number three. Ah, before I even talk about point number three, people in the Bible who grew again, I want to say this. When God is on your side, hear me, because this is, if, if this is where I stop, so be it. When God is on your side, he does not consult your weakness. Because I want somebody to get this one straight. When God is on your side, he doesn't consult your weakness. He doesn't consult your fears. He doesn't consult your pain. You are the one that is bringing your pain and your weakness before the Father. He knew of it. We are talking about an all-knowing God. And you think that because of his investment upon your life, he's going to consult his weakness? I mean, consult your weakness? Have you forgotten that the person who paid the price for you was a perfect God who came in a man's place and gave all of himself to you? Have you forgotten? Hear me. When God is on your side, he does not consult your weakness. Ah, somebody should be your screensaver for you. When God is on my side, my weakness is not in view. When God is on my side, he does not consult my pains and my shortfalls. Because why? His investment upon you is bigger than all of that nonsense. He doesn't. And this is because he has vested capacity on you to override those nonsense. What are the capacities that God has put in your life? Three, four of them quickly. Number one. The capacity, the vested capacity of God that is already at work in you because you don't just know. Let me show you this one quickly. Maybe this is where I'm going to. Four of them quickly. The vested capacity of what God has placed on your inside. Four of them sharply. Number one, his love. <laughs> if you know the way God loves you, if you know how God is jealous of you, ha, in a man, 
you will not also consult your weakness when you are standing before the Father. Lord, I don't have this very particular time. He's looking at you. Ah, is this what you think of me? That I can only work with what you have? Watch me bring other things. Tell me what did the boy that was in a manger call them, what's his name? Jesus. Tell me what he has. What can he produce? And yet God compelled men from the east to bring resources to. What prayer point will Jesus ever pray? That will guarantee that kind of world. According to Bible scholars, they say those resources that was given to Jesus, they said that was what Jesus used till his time on earth was over. No wonder he was able to feed 5,000 people. Like, oh, oh boy, where, which, where did this guy buy cloth from? The resource, they brought gold. The same God who can bring what you call resources for um, Jesus in the manger, that same God can bring resources for you, even at your weakness. He can do that. Number one, his love. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And also John chapter 3. I mean, first John chapter 3, verse 1. Romans 5, 8. First John 3, 1. Let's look at Romans 5, 8. I'm reading from the NIV. I don't know why I just fell in love with NIV this morning. I'm looking at my scripture. There's a lot of NIV. I don't think Gile has actually changed my Bible. I'm suspecting. She's changed my Bible because I'm a King James guy. I'm a thou knoweth, thou comet. Uh, she's changed my Bible. And I don't like that. I think I need to go back to my thou knoweth and thou comet. Thou sleepeth and thou runneth. You know, one of the things that I don't understand, okay, well, there's no kids in this place. You know, the fact that the Bible said that Abraham knew his wife, a lot. okay, knew his wife, yeah. Are you saying that he doesn't know his wife before? So how did he get married? And that's what King James do. King James would, would turn English. Abraham knew his wife. <laughs> uh, in the other translation, they say, and Abraham made love to his wife. King James said knew. <laughs> I think that's why I like King James. They just have a way of coding words. But Romans 5 verse 8, let's look at what it says. He says, but God demonstrated his own love for us. <laughs> Do you see why Samson was able to come out of that mess? And because Samson could understand the love of the father for him, he was able to go back and say, Lord, remember me and strengthen me. He says, but God demonstrated his own love. God did not consider the love of Samson. He didn't consider the love of Valentin. His own love towards us. He said, while we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. In our weakness, yet his love was available. In our shame, yet his love was available. In our discomfort and our distress, yet his love was available. Hear me? In your understanding on how to grow again, you must understand, number one, God loves you regardless. Your mess up may be, may be full from here to load shedding stage six. May you never get in the name of Jesus. That place, that, that department is very, is very rough. Like my daughter likes saying, those people can be abused boyfriend. And the only thing that government is faithful at is load shedding. Any other thing, they are not faithful. They are not faithful. But hear me. His love for you cannot be changed. You are the one that is running away from God. God is running after you. He's trying to show you, oh, Sibungila, I love you. I wish you can see, you can understand my love for you. All this nonsense that you, you, when you receive of the love of the Father, you can then give God love back again. The reason why many of us are not loving God is because we've not received of his love. It is for us to receive of his love first. But many of us are trying to give God love of what we've not received. And that's why we're frustrated with the work of God. And that's why you're frustrated with the work that you're doing. You have to receive of his love. You can only give what you have collected. Like we said in Nigeria, you can only give what you have received. Have you received of the love of the Father? His love. John chapter 1, I mean 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. 1 John 3 verse 1. I want to show you how much. He says, see 
What great love the father has lost. I feel like, I feel like jumping. You know, this kind of one, I, I feel like, that's why I can be who I am, and yet I'm not intimidated by people's opinion, because I know the father loves me. I have two people who loves me. Number one, God. Number two, my wife. <laughs> Any other people who love does not matter. I promise. In these two, God, let me add others. My family member, and believing also my family of rest, I believe that you all love me. Hmm? I see my daughter, she, she just showed me that she loves me. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, if I have all of this one, any other one outside, you're on your own. <laughs> because your love is on a, on a low shedding building. The day I do something nonsense, you would throw me out. But because I know the Father loves me. Because I know that God has given me beloved sons and daughters in this commission. Where even they see the nakedness of their spiritual father. They will not be fast for them to go out and tweet it on Facebook. They will be like the sons of Jacob. They will, I mean, the sons of Noah. They will carry rope and cover their father's nakedness. Like, no, not my father. I will cover his nakedness. And yet, it will not even be seen on WhatsApp chat. Not even talk on Facebook. The love of the father. First John chapter 3, verse 1. Look at what the Bible says. He says, see what great love the father has lavished upon us. He said that we should be called the children. Ah! Do you know what it means for you to be God's own children? You are the one that thinks that your family name is called Lassisi. Well, that's my family name. That you think your family name is called Adam? No, you're the one. You are the one that thinks that your family name is called your Mesa. No. Hear me. When you understand that you are a child of God, the Father loves you. His love for you has nothing to do with your qualification. Hear me. You will grow again. Because you will want to be like your father. You want to replicate your father. You want to show the interest of your father. You want to display because why? Your father loves you. It will only be a child that is a bastard and a useless one in court that will see the father's love for them and yet they will still choose to hurt their father. Only a wicked children will do that one. And those one, it can't be born by a woman. It is born by something else. Because that's how much I love my women. They give back to good stuff. Only wicked ones, wicked ones, that will, you, your parents love you take you to school, show you good things, and yet you repel them, you give them a demonic result. Bah, you must be wicked. But God can see, because of you've received of the love of your father, you can give love. You can see your father's interest of his business, and you are, you are joyful. You are not bothered. You may, you may mess up. Let me say this. You may sleep with somebody that is not your husband on, on Saturday, and yet on Sunday, Lord, I'm sorry. And you grow out of that very particular place because you understand the father loves me. I know that this I'm doing, my father does not like it. And so because of the love you've received, the next time that very particular mampara call you, I don't know how these days I'm coming up with, with South African slang, eh? the day that mampara call you and tell you, baby, my heart is keeping you. Tell Let the heart skip like that. Let it go far. My heart is not coming together. May the heart never come together in the name of Jesus. I am missing you. May you miss me forever in the name of Jesus because you know because of the love of your father. And so because of that, I'm not going to sell myself short on this nonsense you're talking about or compromise. Number one, you must understand that if you have to grow again, you have to receive of the love of your father. Number two, quickly, what is it that guarantees you for you to be able to operate and understand that this thing to grow again, it comes with a possibility. Number two, you have to understand that his mercies are available for you. <laughs> his mercy. His one man that enjoyed the mercy of God, his name is called David. And guess what? David was in the dispensations of the law, but yet David enjoyed mercy. Ah! 
David enjoyed mercy to the point that David even says that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning concerning his life. <laughs> he, the guy will kill people on Monday, on Tuesday. Mercy. And mercy just, ah, let me show you full scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4 to verse 6. Now this is what we talk in Platform Church. Remember, your church is all about unveiling the finished work of Christ for you. So that you don't do all this religion and traditions and biases that, ah, calm down. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 to 6. Let's look, look, let's look at it. It says here, it says, but God is so rich. Ah, God is not a poor God in mercy. He's so rich in mercy. He said, and he loved us so much. He said that even though we were dead because of our sins, the sins there, if you notice, the sins there is S-I-N-S. I have taught you before, when you read your Bible and you see S added to the sin, it's not talking about the nature. It's talking about the effect of the sin. The S-I-N is the nature. That is the Adamic nature that was in man when Adam left the position of God. That is why the Bible calls to understand that it is in sin that we, we get convinced. I mean, get conceived from our mother's womb. Which means, but that nature, when it has been dealt with by the father's love and you received of his love, now there is an effect of the sin. Because remember... The nature has been removed. You are, that's why I tell believers, the day you give your life to Christ, you are all 100% God. The problem is the fact that there is an effect of the sin nature that is currently at work in your mind that you've not renewed. So when you renew your mind of the sin nature that is currently at work, you will now understand that, no, I don't talk like this. When you begin to talk that I'm a failure, it's because the nature is still, what you call the effect of that nature is still at work. Hear me. The nature has been dealt with on the cross. But you have to deal with the effect. He says here, look, let me show you something again. He says, even though we were dead because of our sins. The sins here is the effect. The lying, the gossip, the backbiting, the unforgiveness, the bitterness. The all of those things that the nature, sin, caused. He says, even with that, he says, he gave us Life when he raised Jesus from the dead. He said, it is only by grace that you have been saved. He said, for he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realm because what? We are united with Jesus. Do you see what mercy did? Mercy can also override your weaknesses. Mercy can also override the effect of the sin nature. Ah! I feel like explaining this nature again one more time. Uh, let me let me think this. Let me think this. Let me think this. Let me think this. Good. The only way I can explain it, you remember in the Bible that th those ten lepers. When God, when Jesus prayed for the ten lepers, this is what happened: the leprosy upon their life was the nature. The leprosy they had leprosy. When Jesus prayed for them and he says, "Go show yourself to the king," the Bible says, "And they went and showed themselves to the king." And all of a sudden, I think it was one who came back and met Jesus. And Jesus says, where is the nine? That makes you understand that Jesus knows what is happening in your life. So when God bless you with two million and you come back and you give God one million, God is wondering where is the one million? He's asking you. <laughs> he knows. God keeps number. Now Jesus asks the guy, where is the nine? Look at what happened. Remember the leprosy was the sin. S-I-N. The S-I-N-S was the effect of the leprosy. What does that effect? The Bible says... And the skin of one of, of all of those people, they still have the pain that this is the sign that I had leprosy. So their skin, the wound is gone, but the mark was still there. 
Now, God is saying here that even though you were dead because of your sins, which means the effect that is in it, he says, I don't care, I can still make you hold if only you receive of my mercy. <laughs> because that's the only way I can, I can be able to explain. The Holy Spirit will do the many one for you. That is the sin nature, which is the leprosy. That is the effect of what the leprosy has done, which is making your skin, giving your skin different pigmentations. And God is saying here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, I'm so rich in mercy that even regardless of the effect of it all, I still don't see it. Ah! May somebody receive of the mercy of Christ this morning in the name of Jesus. James chapter 3, verse 17. Ah, I believe somebody has been blessed this morning. James chapter 3, verse 17. Look at what the Bible says here. James 3, 17. He said, but the wisdom from above is first pure. pure sorry. He said, then peaceable, then gentle. He says, willing to yield. Look at what the wisdom also carries. He said, full of mercy and of good fruit. Without trace of partiality or hypocrisy. He says, the mercy of God is full of mercy and of good fruit. His mercy is full. Then see, you can't, you can't outrun the mercy. It was the mercy that Samson enjoyed while he was in the prison there that guarantees his hair to grow again. Many of us are still trying for us to walk on our own righteousness. And all God is saying, receive my righteousness, receive my mercy, and watch your hair grow again. I pray for somebody this morning. You will receive of the mercy of God in the name of Jesus. Popular scripture that we like reading, Hebrews chapter 4, 15 to 16. Hebrews 4, 15 to 16. He said, for we have a high priest who do not, I mean high priest who is, who is unable to sympathize with our infirmities. No, sorry. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our infirmities. He says, but we have one who in every aspect has been tested as we are. Do you see the message of God? He said, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness. He says, so that we may do what? Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Hear me, the message of God can make your hair grow again. The message of God, Lord, I don't know the mess up that I've done, but I receive of your mercy. Lord, I know that this mess up is so big to the point that I can't even tell if I can even be able to locate where the pillar is in my business so that I can stand upon it and all you just do, you just, I, I, I rely on the mercy. Mercy is not just exemption from the punishment of sin. Mercy is also judgment on the head of your enemies. Mercy is not just an exemption on, on, on what's it called, on eternal death or eternal damnation. Mercy is also God avenging on your behalf. And all of a sudden, by the message of God, this man caught something, was just holding his hand, and he was trying with a young lad. I trust on the mercy. I may not know how to get to the mountaintop, and his eye was closed, and he was trying to find. And all of a sudden, the young guy was able to put his hand on one of the pillars. And he's like, okay, God, thank you. The mercy has located me here. Now let the mercy locate me to balance me at this very particular place. All of that was happening from the platform of mercy. And guess what? He did nothing to God to earn that. Many a times we are trying to earn the Father's love. We are trying to earn the Father's mercy instead of, of receiving of his love and receiving of his mercy. And that's why our church, we have people who are going to church. God, see, God, I know that you are trying to bring all your accolades and your CV. Have you forgotten the Bible says your righteousness is like a filthy rag before him. If you understand what that scripture means, you would drop your accolades when you get to church. Father, mercy, 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 mercy. 
Lamentation chapter 3, verse 23, verse 23. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 23. It says, the steadfastness of our Lord never cease. He says, his mercy never come to an end. Hear me? The message of God is always available as long as rapture has not taken place. Anybody who tell you that, no, you, you will run out of mercy, they are lying. Always run to mercy. Run to mercy. Run to mercy. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may receive. Run to, you mess up, run to mercy. Something is not going well, run to mercy. You need vengeance, on run to mercy. Mercy is one of God's weapon strategy that he has given to us as believers. He says, and the mercies are new every morning. He said, great is your faithfulness. Hear me, when you wake up every morning that God gives an opportunity to see another day, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Let that be the first prayer point that comes out of your mouth. Thank you for your mercy. Let mercy, look at what he said. He said, the mercies are new every morning. Which means by the time it gets to 12 00, is it 00, this morning, when that 12 a.m. gets to, mercy has just been credited into your account. Imagine how many mercy many of us have in our bank account and yet we are not using it. It was mercy that made Samson to hold the pillar and yet kill people times two of what he was able to kill while he was alive. Mercy. <laughs> Point number three. What is again is a factor that guarantees our glory gain. Number three is grace. His grace. His grace. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. His grace. His grace. The Bible says here, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. If you notice, this is some grace. All grace. What are grace? I call grace the possibility that is embedded in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Simple definition of grace. The possibility embedded in Christ Jesus. That's, that, you see, that's the simple. Because it is by the grace of God that we are saved, which means the possibility of what Jesus has done that guarantees my safety. He says, and God has made all grace abound towards you, which means the grace you need for your finance. The grace like something for you to locate the wall even when you are blind. The grace for you to still stand when all hope is gone. He says, God make all grace abound towards you. He says that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Not some things. All sufficiency means that no matter what you lack, grace is available to provide. Grace is Can I say this to you to make you understand? The only thing that empowers faith to obtain, it is what grace has made available. I'll say it again. The only thing that makes faith obtain it is what grace has made available. Faith cannot function without the provision of what grace make. So which means if there is no grace, no faith. <laughs> I repeat again. Faith cannot function without what grace has made available. So before you begin to go check, to use your faith, check if grace has made it available. Because if grace made all grace available, then faith can only obtain what grace has made available. Many a times we are trying to use our faith without checking if grace has provided those things for us. 
if you can find the grace for your business, find the grace for your career, find the grace for your work, find the grace for your marital settlement, the faith will only function at the level of the grace you understand. Father, help me. Many a times we think that it is faith that make grace function. No. It is not faith that makes grace function. It is what grace has made available that make faith even have the strength. Because if grace does not provide anything, there's nothing faith can take from. So your part is to make sure that you receive of his grace, of all of the fullness of the grace of God, and from there work out your faith to take of what grace has made available for you. Religion has taught us. Father, help me. Religion has taught us that it is by faith we take what grace. That if we don't have faith, grace cannot work. No. Christ make us understand that in sin that we were conceived, grace was made available, but faith in that very particular grace make that grace to find expression. So which means if we look at it in terms of priority, before you begin to build up your faith, check what grace has made available. The reason why many of us, our faith is not peeling off all it needs to pull is because we've not checked, does grace has, in the provision of grace, can I be married? In the provision of grace, can I have good health? In the provision of grace, can my church grow? In the provision of grace, when all of that lexicons has been made available, then your faith can then find expression to take what grace has made available. Ah, Holy Spirit, we didn't remain one. Ah, Father, help me, help me, help me, help me. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 to 9. This was a story of Paul the Apostle. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 to 9. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord that the Lord would take this sickness away from me. Look at what God said to him. He was pleading with God. Paul the Apostle, who wrote the grace message, for the first time, he failed grace work. He, he himself failed the grace what grace? Because he was pleading to God, God, let the sickness, let this affliction, blah, 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 blah. But he did not know that there was a grace dimension that superseded that. Look at what the Bible says. He says, and the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He said, therefore, I will boast the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may do what? Rest on me. What is that power he's talking about? The grace of Christ. The grace of Christ. Paul here was crying to the Lord. And all God said to him. The only way you can be able to take this power. To take this enemy. To get out of your life. Is for you to understand that there is a dimension of my grace that is available. So which means Paul had the faith. But his faith was not connected to grace. And so he was crying three times. <laughs> but the first time God said to me. You are praying this way. My grace is available. Then he come back. And prayed because his faith was there to pray. And he come back and pray on the grace. And then he now make us to understand there. He said, therefore now, I now boast in my weakness. That a grace that I have connected by the faith I have. Has made me to enjoy the rest that I receive right now. <laughs> ah. Ah. Point number four. My time is running out. Point number four. We'll continue next week, Sunday. Point number four. Point number four. When we talk about enjoying this for us to grow again, what is it number four? His possibility. If you notice all these four points, I'm giving you number one. I give you the first point. I said his love. 
not your love. Number two, his mercy, not your mercy. Number three, his grace, not your grace. And number four, his possibility, not your possibility. Because from the thing, the core scripture, Judges chapter 16 that we read, I mean Judges 16, that we read concerning Samson, 16 years, that we read concerning Samson. Samson enjoyed all of this, and yet he was a man in prison. He enjoyed the love of God. And yet, guess what? The Holy Spirit has not even, was not even given to man. He enjoyed the love. He enjoyed God's mercy that grew his hair again. He enjoyed the grace for him to be able to locate the strength for him to come. Do you know what it means to be grinding meal every day? But yet there was a dimension of strength that could help him push walls down. And also his possibility. John chapter 20 verse 21. His possibility. Two scriptures and I'll be out of the place. John 2021, and Jesus again said, if your scripture has that word again, underline it. Remember the title of our message is, grow again. And Jesus again said, my peace is with you. As the father has sent me, he says, so I'm sending you. On the strength of the possibility that the father has sent me. He said, on that same strength I'm using to send you. Every possibility you find in me, on that level of the strength is what I use to send you into your marketplace. The possibility for you to go with your five loaves of bread and two fishes. And yet you will make that thing multiply in your market. On that possibility, I'm sending you. The ability for you to just have just a cruise of oil and you don't even have container. And you carry that oil. Lord, this is the oil. Your love, your mercy, your grace has been rested on this. And you carry that possibility of knowing that this is not just an oil anymore. This is his grace that is at work in my hand. And you pour it on the container. And yet it doesn't even dry. His possibility. The ability for you to understand that it is the same way God has sent Jesus all of the possibility you find in the total life of Jesus, if you can think of it, see of it, it is at work in your life. Most of the times we are trying to come with our possibility, but we forget to understand that there's a possibility that has been routed on the altar of grace that we just need to receive and walk on that dimension. We just need to, I, I, I hear somebody was saying to me the other day, he said, man of God, he says, your church is not big. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, sometimes you hear some people, you hear some people have, well, you can't blame them. He said, your church is not big. As a matter of fact, you just started, and even where you're starting your church is quite controversial, but you are everywhere. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, I was just sitting at a particular meeting, and all of a sudden, we literally sit down for 25 minutes, we're just talking about you. <laughs> he said, and I sat down to ask myself that, come on, I don't think that this guy has the members that we have, and yet we're talking about him for 25 minutes. He called me, say, man of God, what are you using? I said, I just count on God's possibility upon my life. Nothing. It is his investment. I just work on that reality. He said, he said man of God, it doesn't make sense. I said, I know, even me too, it doesn't make sense. Because for all of you elders, to sit for 25 minutes to talk about me, ah, father, thank you. <laughs> no, because I told you, I said, it doesn't make sense too to me. Because if you guys can sit and talk about me, then, ah, father, thank you. It is his, can I tell you my secret? His possibility. It has nothing to, I wake up every morning, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your possibility as I walk in my life. All of that for reality is what your church is standing on called the rested life. It is all of that reality that we stand 
as a rested life. Look at what he said, final scripture. John 14, verse 12 and 14. John 14, 12 and 14. Still on the NIV. This NIV, I'll bind it to. <laughs> John 14, verse 12 and 14. Look at what he says. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. He says, and greater than this. Do you see the possibility there? Jesus says, greater than this. He says, you shall do also. Because I go to my father. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that my father in heaven may be glorified. He says, you may ask for anything. As far as the grace is available. He says, I, God, I will do it. Ah! <laughs> as we come to a close. I want you to understand this. Oh dear Samson. You may be in that very particular prison. And you may look as if you failed. Hear me. God's love is still knocking your door. God's mercy is stretching his hand towards you. God's grace is showing you everything that you can obtain. And God's possibility is telling you that you can go again. With that being said, I just want you to lay hand on your head and begin to prophesy, Lord, I receive of your love. I receive of your mercy. Because of my time, I will not be able to continue. We'll continue next week Sunday. I receive of your love. I receive of your mercy. Now I know how Samson managed to be able to pull off, even though he died with the Philistine, which is not God's plan. But there was a love dimension he enjoyed. There was a mercy dimension he enjoyed. There was a grace dimension he enjoyed. That that strength, which is the possibility that made him to kill more than 3,000 men in one meeting. Appa! Lord, my life is available. Somebody open your mouth and just begin to prophesy to yourself in the next two minutes and begin to declare the mercy the love, the grace, your possibility. Lord, I'm not coming to bring my own strength this morning. I'm coming to lay hold on your love. I'm coming to lay hold on your mercy. I'm coming to lay hold on your possibility. And I'm coming to lay hold, Father, on all that you have made available in Christ Jesus. When you receive of the mercy of God, he can stand and make judgment available for you. When you receive of the love of the Father, he will protect you at all costs, no matter. When you receive of his grace, you can be able to operate in all dimensions of life because that grace is available. And when you receive of his possibility, you can be able to work out your own salvation in Christ Jesus and yet you are missing nothing. Three things that mercy, three things that something enjoys, the fact that something enjoyed the mercy of God, something enjoyed the restoration of God, and something enjoyed answer to prayer. Open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, this morning I enjoy your mercy. Your mercy, I enjoy your mercy. Lord, I enjoy your restoration. Restore me again. Restore me again. The place I've lost the ground, restore me this morning. And thirdly, Lord, I'm asking for this. I don't know what you are asking God this morning, but I want you to open your mouth and ask God for something. 
for this remaining week before we get to April. Lord, I'm asking of this. The Bible says, and Samson said to Lord, let me die. And yet he died. For somebody, Lord, this week, let me live. Let me prosper. Let me grow in grace. Let me grow in the understanding of Christ. Let new doors open. Let there be supernatural announcement. Let there be open doors. Somebody ask God for something this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your restoration. And we thank you for answer to prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I just want you to lift up your hand wherever you are this morning. Father, Lord, I bring your children before you. You ask me to tell them on this part one of this service, grow again. Lord, I declare every aspect of their life that the enemy has taken their hair. I declare grow in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that the place that the devil has mocked you via the anointing of this morning service, I declare that you become announced for possibilities in the name of Jesus. For somebody this morning, you are claiming and saying, but my mess is too much. Hear me. I stand this morning on the mercy of God and I declare mercy upon your life. Mercy upon your career. Mercy upon the works of your hand. Mercy upon your business. In the name of Jesus. Anyone this morning under the sound of my voice, you are feeling inadequate. You are looking and saying, but God, how can you so much love me like this? How can you so much show me mercy and show me your grace and your possibility? Lord, I do not understand. I don't qualify. Hear me, I declare upon your life. You are qualified in the name of Jesus. I declare you qualified. I declare you promoted. I declare you secured. I declare you advanced. I declare you open doors. I declare you for you to be king and not mean men. In the name of Jesus. I declare upon your life that this week as you go in from this service. You bump men with good result. You bump men that will help you. The same way that young lad helped Samson to locate the, pl the pillar of that building. That is how God will send men to help you locate where your prominence will be made in the name of Jesus. Oh, I pray one more time. Somebody under the sound of my voice. Uh, the Lord that you need to meet. Uh, that will direct you to the place of your announcement. Uh, between now and next month ending. Uh, you will meet those lads in the name of Jesus. I declare that your road is smooth. Every place that look dry in your life. I release the water of Christ upon that area. Every place that looks dry right now, I release the water of Christ upon that area. In the name of Jesus. Father, you say you are the one that makes way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lord, make way for your children. Make way for your children. We are grateful that the first quarter of the year is coming to an end. Lord, we thank you because we know that the second one will be better than the first. And we return all the glory to you. Holy Spirit, walk in the life of your people. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And God's people say, Amen.
That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.